Alec Murdoch will get a new day in court. Larry and Kay Woodcock issue a statement regarding JJ being laid to rest. Want to spot a con man? Look at what he's spending other people's money on. Have you heard of this new place called the Pizza Oven? All that go there never come back. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment. Hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting apps as well. As a pet owner, you want to give your furry friend the very best. That's why baked in Colorado CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect choice. These delicious treats not only taste great, but they also provide a wide range of health benefits for your pet. CBD has been shown to have many positive effects on dogs, including reducing anxiety, alleviating pain and inflammation, and improving overall wellness. Baked in Colorado's treats are infused with premium, full-spectrum CBD oil, meaning your pet will benefit from the whole plant extract. Not only that, but Baked in Colorado's treats are made with all-natural human-grade ingredients so you can feel good about what you're giving your pet. They're also free from wheat, corn, and soy, making them a great option for dogs with food sensitivities. Baked in Colorado CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect way to support your pet's health and well-being. With various flavors, including peanut butter, pumpkin, and bacon, your dog will love them too. So why wait? Head to www.bakedincolorado.com today and order your dog a bag of these delicious and nutritious treats. Your pet will thank you for it. All right, let's go ahead and get straight to the docket for October 17th of 2023. So let's open the record. First, Alec Murdoch is going to get his day in court. Well, kind of. Let's talk about it. First, the South Carolina Supreme Court of Appeals is allowing Alec Murdoch, who is obviously convicted of murder, um, to set aside his appeal of his conviction in the 2021 killing of his wife and son so that he can then officially request a new trial in the circuit court. Now, the judge um, who assigned the order, uh, Judge H. Bruce Williams, granted the motion to su suspend Murdoch's conviction appeal in order to file a motion for the new trial. As you know, the jury convicted Murdoch in March in the uh, June 7th, 2021, killing of his wife, Maggie, and their son, Paul. Now, Murdoch's attorneys claim that jury tampering by the Culleton County Clerk of the Court, Rebecca Hill, um, back in September is one of the basis for the new trial. Murdoch's attorneys allege that Ms. Hill advised jurors not to believe Murdoch's testimony and other evidence presented by the defense, pressuring them to reach a quick guilty verdict and even misrepresenting critical and material information to the trial judge in her campaign to remove a juror she believed that was going to be favorable to Alec Murdoch. Now, the defense also alleges that Hill asked jurors for their opinion about Murdoch's guilt or innocence, invented a story about a Facebook post to remove a juror she believed might vote not guilty, and pressured jurors to reach a quick verdict, telling them from the outset that their deliberations shouldn't take them that long. Well, the prosecution's response to the defense motion for the new trial acknowledged that uh, suspension of the appeal and remand for an evidentiary hearing will be necessary to properly resolve the serious allegations that have been raised by the defense. And they 
Prosecution also says, hey, objective investigation by SLED remains ongoing, but the inquiry has already revealed significant factual disputes as to claims in the appellate's motion. Now, if no credible claims can be found to support the claims brought by the appellant, the state will be prepared to argue against the motion before Judge Clifton Newman on remand. Now, the order also requires the Murdoch attorneys to file a status update with the appellate courts as to what is taking place. So what does this really mean? Is Alec Murdoch getting a new trial? At least not yet. Now, the defense, when they file their notice of appeal, appellate courts then gets jurisdiction over the courts, and the trial court no longer can do anything on that case. So therefore, Murdoch's attorneys filed a motion to say, hey, we have these new allegations for a new uh, trial based upon these serious allegations. We need to develop the record, remand the case, give the jurisdiction back, limited jurisdiction back to the trial court so they can conduct these hearings. And if the court grants a new trial, so be it. If the court denies a new trial, then the um, issue can go up on appeal to all the other lists of appellate issues that Murdoch's attorneys will raise, but basically saying there was sufficient evidence. Now, remember, how many times have we said it? It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you believe. It only matters what you can prove in court through legal and competent evidence. So these jurors that told the defense investigators that they had been pressured and that Ms. Hill, the clerk, did these terrible things, and if that's the case, if taken at face value, uh, are actually proven, then Alec Murdoch should get a new trial. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see if those people come in. And as the prosecution has said, well, we're doing a uh, review, but we've already found some discrepancies. But color me suspicious when they say we're doing an objective review. The prosecution's, it's not like they're giving it to a third party. They're sending it off to SLED, who helped prosecute Mr. Murdoch, who thinks he's guilty. So when they say the police, the government is doing an independent investigation, no, there's no such thing as independent on anything. Everybody has a bias. Everybody has a motive. So take that with a grain of salt. Now it's up to the judge to set the matter for hearing, hopefully sooner rather than later. And hopefully, hopefully we will get it televised so we can talk about it. Next on the docket, J.J.'s grandparents, Larry and Kay Woodcock, issue a statement. Now, out of full disclosure, I like Kay and Larry. I have met them both. They have called in on our Patreon show. I've spoken with Larry and Kay when we went to CrimeCon last year. They've been on the show. They've called in to our Patreon show. Um, and I still believe that if it were not for the Woodcocks, uh, there would not be justice for J.J. and Ty Lee. So we brought you the news yesterday that Judge Boyce granted a motion. It was a stipulated motion where the prosecution and then the defense and the court signed off on the order, basically saying that the defense uh, has agreed to release the remains of J.J. so that he can properly uh, be laid to rest. And the reason why the bodies have been held this long is because they need them for independent testing if the defense chose to do so. Whatever the defense thought they needed them for, JJ's remains, that is now done. And the defense now can't say, oh, you turned over the remains. We should have tested them one more time. The defense and the prosecution have agreed that issue is gone. So what does the statement say? First, uh, this is through uh, Kay Woodcock's 
uh, Twitter account, and she said, thank you, Jesus. The last several years have been filled with pain and grief as we have traveled this long, arduous road. We have waited and prayed for this day for so long and are immeasurably relieved that JJ will finally be laid to rest. We have spent the past days immersed in the memories of the love and the happiness that JJ shined and continues to shine on our life. As we reminisce in the joy that JJ filled our life with, our heart aches for those that love JJ and share in the immense grief and loss of such a beautiful little man. We are grateful for the love and support of everyone that has come to love JJ, Tylee, and Charles. As we continue to fight for justice, the dedication and strength given has helped to carry us through. We are anxious to find out when Tylee can too be laid to rest. Our greatest wish is for JJ and Tylee to be celebrated for the joy and love they brought to this world and for them their final rest in peace. Only then will our hearts begin to heal. Memorial services will be announced at a later date. Larry and Kay Woodcock. There you go. You have it right there. They're great people. They really are. And like I said, this case may not have ever come about, but for their persistence in saying, where's our grandson? Good people. Good people. Next on the docket, how can you tell a con man what are they spending other people's money on? Well, old Sam Bankman-Fried's trial has continued and his spending to uh, purchase power and influence has come to light. The former top executive at Sam Bankman-Fried's failed cryptocurrency exchange, well, went after him um, for excessive spending and flashiness while jurors at his fraud trial. A former top executive at Sam Bankman-Fried's failed cryptocurrency exchange ripped him in court on Monday for excessive spending and flashiness while jurors at his fraud trial were shown a picture of him posing with Katy Perry, Orlando Bloom, and Kate Hudson at the 2022 Super Bowl. Now, Nishad Singh, the former lead engineer at FTX, detailed in the uh, federal court how the fallen crypto uh, king, now bankrupt exchange, and its affiliated hedge fund, Almeida Research, spent hundreds of millions of dollars on celebrity endorsement deals and lavish real estate purchases. It all reeked of excess and flashiness, Mr. Singh testified. And among the evidence introduced to jurors was the photo posted by the pop star Perry on her Instagram of grinning of Bankman Freed hobnobbing with celebs in luxury box seats at the February NFL championship game that unfolded months before FTX implosion that November. Now, also in the photo were executives from the venture capital firm K5 Global, which Bankman Freed paid hundreds of millions of dollars to in bonuses to connect him with A-listers like Leonardo DiCaprio and Kylie Jenner, and with Hillary Clinton at a dinner. This is all according to the trial testimony. We can get from them essentially infinite connections, Bankman Freed boasted in an internal memo that was shown to jurors. He stated in the memo, I think that if we ask them to arrange a dinner with us, Elon Musk, Obama, Rihanna, Mark Zuckerberg in a month, they would probably succeed. Now, Mr. Singh testified that he complained to Bankman-Fried that uh, he was embarrassed and ashamed by the company's spending and that it didn't align with what I thought that we were building as a company. Now, Mr. Bankman-Fried, his ex-girlfriend and former business partner, testified they would both lie and steal so long as he believed he was pursuing a greater good for society. 
Mr. Singh testified that Bankman Freed said that access to celebrities was crucial to the company's growth, his former employee uh, stated in court. Now, jurors also saw the internal spreadsheet detailing a $1.13 billion Bankman Freed's company spent on flashy sponsorships and celebrity endorsements to bolster its image as a safe way to buy and sell crypto. That deal included $205 million for the naming rights for the Miami Heat's NBA arena, $150 million to place FTX logos on Major League Baseball jerseys, $28.5 million to pro baller Stephen Curry, $50 million to football star Tom Brady and model Giselle Budichen, and $10 million to Larry David. Now, according to the testimony, Bankman-Fried also purchased a penthouse in the Bahamas worth a roughly paltry $35 million over Mr. Singh's objections, saying it was too flashy. So, ladies and gentlemen, obviously the trial is still going on. A lot can happen. As Mr. Bankman-Fried has said, hey, that $8 billion from FTX funds go over to Almeida, it was just a rounding error. How are we supposed to know these kinds of things? Okay, I get it. I've represented a lot of fraudsters over the years. And one thing fraudsters always look for is to gain legitimacy. And how do they gain that legitimacy? Well, they like to spend other people's money, usually other people's money that they've frauded, defrauded them out of, to spend it on you to make you feel like the big shot to get money to invest in their company. Always be careful of people that want to have you uh, give you their money in the hopes that they're going to turn it into something bigger. Classic fraudster mentality here, ladies and gentlemen. And it's always easy to spend somebody else's money that you never had to earn. So just something to consider. I mean, I don't know. Why would we ever want to listen to a criminal defense attorney that's seen these types of things over and over and over and over again? It's as old as time. I keep telling it, ladies and gentlemen, go pull out a law book from the early 1900s. It's the same issues, the same type of cases. All we do is just repackage it, new crime, new shiny new object we're selling. It's all the same stuff. Next on the docket, the pizza oven. We got to go check this place out. Apparently, everybody that goes there just never leaves. All right, so the Hell's Angel a member of the uh, infamous Hell's Angels Motorcycle Club. Well, they illegally cremated four bodies, all to believe to have been murdered in an effort to make them disappear, according to federal prosecutors. So the prosecutors allege that Merle Hefferman admitted he um, had, and his fellow Hell's Angels members, uh, and a murder victim, Joe Silva's body, illegally cremated on or about June 16th of 2014. According to the prosecutors, the case is part of a much larger racketeering takedown of 12 members of the Hell's Angels of Sonoma County, brought by prosecutors in the Northern District of California. Now, Hefferman pled guilty to obstruction of justice by disposing of Silva's body in December and is set to be sentenced, uh, and he could get up to seven years, actually, on Thursday. Well, Levi Phipps, he was the crematory manager at the Yost and Webb Funeral Home in Fresno, California. Well, it was known as the pizza oven by the Hell's Angels. And it was testified that on the day of Silva's murder, Hefferman and his stepson threatened him with a gun and loaded Silva's body into the incinerator. Now, Phipps alleged that before Silva's murder, Hefferman became fascinated with the crematory and asked for the keys to the facility so that he could make something, well, maybe disappear someday. The manager also testified that uh, Hefferman called him the next day to tell him to keep quiet. 
Well, cell phone records corroborated Phipps' story, as the prosecutors are attempting to show in court. And not knowing where our son was for years was difficult and extremely emotional, Silva's mother wrote in the victim impact statement. And Phipps explained that three further such cremations were carried out by Hefferman and his associates, but he has not been charged or convicted with these. Now, several months after Silva's murder, a man identified as Robbie Huff, a former, being the key word there, former Hell's Angel member, went missing back in February of 2015. Prosecutors believe that Huff was involved in Silva's murder and the subsequent cover-up. Now, on this occasion, Hefferman personally delivered the body to the crematory to have the body incinerated, according to prosecutors. The next illegal incineration was of a man by the name of Art Carreus, Art Carreus, who was last seen at the Fresno Hells Angel Clubhouse on July 7th of 2016. The final body to be cremated has not yet been publicly identified. Now, Phipps testified two men arrived at the facility and unloaded a body wrapped in plastic and duct tape. Hefferman's attorney argued that the biker had a tumultuous and violent upbringing, including being abused by his stepfather. So, you know, by guns, I guess. As part of the same case, though, three other uh, members of the gang were convicted of killing Silva. Brian Went was convicted of shooting Silva in the head and two senior Hell's Angel members, Jonathan Nelson and Russell Ott, were convicted of murder for orchestrating the killing. Yes, the pizza oven. Go check it out. I think they have one in just about every city near you. Now, in all seriousness, I have represented a lot of members of motorcycle gangs over the years. I won't go into names, but there's a lot of them. Most of the guys, good guys. Get into it riding motorcycle. Then sometimes they do some crazy stuff. It happens, I guess. And sometimes they get really into it. And, you know, it's like something out of a TV movie or something. But most of the guys, good guys, but don't go around killing people. Just a rule of thumb. There's free legal advice for the day, ladies and gentlemen. Don't kill people. Complicate your life. All right. Next, our dumb criminal of the day. Now, an Arkansas police officer uh, noticed uh, Sunday morning a suspicious car parked outside a commercial storage facility uh, that had been broken into some 16 times this year. Certainly a reason why the police uh, would be suspicious and have heightened patrols in the area. Would it not? I would say so. Anyway, the sheriff's deputy noted that there was a vehicle in question that was rocking about 12.45 a.m. Now, when the police officer looked inside the auto, he spotted a man by the name of Theodore Morgaven. What was Theodore Morgaven doing in there, ladies and gentlemen? Well, it wasn't like yesterday with a sex doll. No, he was having sex with a stuffed animal. Now, Morgoven, a divorced father of three, lives about a mile away from the storage facility. And since Morgoven is on probation, police were able to secure him and his auto without the need to go through the pesky warrant process. And according to the probable cause affidavit, that search turned up a little bit of methamphetamine, a syringe, and a marijuana pipe. I guess he's got to get into the mood. I don't know. Anyway, Mr. Morgovan has been charged with two felony drug charges and misdemeanor counts of public sexual indecency and possession of drug paraphernalia. Mr. Morgovan was uh, uh, given a bond of $5,000 and he'd entered a plea of not guilty. And we'll give him that presumption of innocence because you know, just because your car is rocking and there's a little stuffed animal there, I don't think that means anything, okay? And the car's moving. Hey, not as bad as the dead the guy going to pick up the dead guy 
and notice there's a <laughs> that there's a uh, uh, sex doll next to the dead guy that he goes back and breaks into the place yesterday and allegedly has sex with the the doll. Um, I just want to know if the uh, police in this case were as thorough as this case in Omaha yesterday uh, where they were going to swab it for um, bodily fluids. You can't make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. You can't make this stuff up. It's not new. It's been going on for thousands of years. We just hear about it more. All right. Thanks for watching us today. Remember, it's Tuesday. That means we're going live 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and we will do our Patreon show immediately following that. So if you're interested in, well, I don't know where I've, I've had trials. I went to Europe. We'll talk about it tonight. Hopefully you'll find it enjoyable. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.